Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to the Friendship Table. How are you doing? On the chat, I can see so many people jumping on. It's good to see you, Pastor Bobby, Lindell, Beck Wood, Eva Stringleman, Wendy Parker, Julie Scott. Are you having fun today? The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. I've got my good friends with me at the friendship table. This is Wendy Kelly. Give everyone a big hello, Wendy. Hi guys, I should say girls, it's <laughs> so good to be here and so good to see you all. It's so good and we've got Sayaka from all the way from Japan actually. Um, that's one of the things that I have loved about um, this Zoom context is we can kind of like get everyone from everywhere into the Zoom, into the room. So Sayaka, say hi to everyone. Hi everyone, I'm so excited to be here and a special shout out to Hillsong Tokyo Girls and also Bali and Shanghai, so hi! <laughs> so good. And of course the effervescent Hannah Hobbs. I mean, like there's no one like this girl. She is the cool cat in our world and um, we just love you. And I mean, I think the chat is about to go absolutely wild right now, Hannah. Um, how's your day been so far? I just feel thrilled that you described me as effervescent. No one's ever said that to me before that. So uh, yeah. I feel happy. I feel happy to be effervescent and here. It's so good. Well, we are so excited. Obviously, we are back, um, you know, the lockdown um, here in New South Wales and Victoria. We're so sorry, but, you know, this is amazing. I think Queensland, I think WA, Northern Territory and Tasmania, you're all in the room. So a big hello. Why don't you like give the person next to your little elbow high five. Um, we are so pumped to be together this morning. We've got a couple of minutes to unpack the topic of peace. Um, so last week we talked about joy and I wonder if you did your homework um, that Cass asked us to do. It was basically to send a girlfriend, a friend, um, something that sparked joy um, in your friendship with them. For me, I sent a bunch of face masks to a couple of friends. So that was fun. And I also did something that sparked joy, which is cleaned my cupboards, my pantry cupboards. That's like a real thing in lockdown is that I have gone into nesting mode and I'm like annihilating all of my pantries and cupboards. It's amazing. It's so good. But today we are going to be talking about peace. And so I wanted to introduce these incredible women. Um, we've got Sayaka here who, um, like I said before, she is from um, Japan. Um, her and her husband are leading our um, Hillsong Tokyo church family there. Um, and Sayaka, you're going to tell us, we're going to play a little game before we start, um, just for the girls to get to know everyone. And it's called Two Truths and a Tale. And so on the chat, what we need you to do is actually put in the chat which one you think is a tale. So Sayaka, you're up. 
Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, here's the first one. Um, I had the opportunity or the great honor to meet the emperor of Japan. That's my first one. And the second one is I was part of the um, Tokyo Olympics opener. Um, the third one is um, I went to high school in America. Wow. Okay. So put in the chat what you think it is. So Sayaka, tell us what your tale was. <laughs> My tale was I was not in the opener of the Olympics. So number two, you went. It's a tale. Okay, good. Are you loving getting to know getting to know our good friends? So Wendy, two truths and a tale. The girls are gonna put on the chat what's true, what's a tale. Okay. So I have hung out with the Prime Minister and wife at Kirribilli House. I had a stint working as a barmaid in a hotel in Paddington. And this summer, I am taking surfing lessons. All right, put in the chat. Wendy, tell us, what is the tale? The tale is I am taking surfing lessons. I don't go in the water unless it's like 30 <laughs> degrees outside. <laughs> Okay, I think we want to see Wendy Kelly on a surfboard. That needs to happen. You'd have to look very quickly because it wouldn't last long. I love it. Hannah Hobbs, tell us two truths and a tale. Girls are going to put on the chat. Okay, so I'm breaking the rules. I'm doing four. Sorry, there was just <laughs> too much going on. Okay, number one, I once went on an international tour with a band and the main instrument I played on that tour was the triangle, number one. Number two, when I was a child, my dream job was to be a plumber. I was very captivated by how few female plumbers I had encountered in my short lifetime, and I wanted to interrupt that trend. Number three, when I was 18, I started my first business. I called it a landscaping company, but really I just drove around to different homes in the neighborhood, raked leaves, weeded gardens, mowed the lawns. Number four, I gave birth in this hat. I'm calling number four. Tell us, Hannah, what was it? The tale was the landscape company. You gave birth in a hat? Yeah, I wanted to feel like I still had a little piece of myself in that process. I love it. So good. Well, I hope you got to um, know our friends on the table a little bit more. Um, we're going to have an amazing time together. And like I said, um, we're going to be unpacking the topic of peace. And, you know, I think um, it's such a significant um, topic for us to be talking about at the moment because, you know, you don't have to look too far um, to experience a sense of um, angst, um, uncertainty, um, even the unknowns um, and what that puts in our spirits, what that puts in our hearts. Um, and so I just think, you know, as a sisterhood, um, you know, I, I really see this platform um, for us as women to come alongside one another and encourage one another. And, you know, peace is a beautiful thing. Peace is a promise. And, you know, so many of our songs at the moment are these declarations, these anthems of peace. Um, and, you know, when I was reading the Bible and I was doing a little um, study 
um, on this on peace, um, pretty much um, a good portion of the New Testament, every one of the books of um, to the early churches, to the early believers, whether whoever the writer was, whether that was Paul, whether that was Peter, whoever it was, um, somewhere in that first sentence, it says grace and peace from God, the Father and Christ our Lord. Now, in our context, we can kind of think about that and go, you know, it's the start of a letter, you know, all of our emails at the moment, dear such and such, I hope this email finds you well. Like that's not what was happening in that context. It was this reinforcement of grace and peace, of putting courage into the early churches, putting courage into the early believers because, you know, nothing is new under the sun. They were facing challenges and triumphs and trials just like we are facing challenges and triumph trials. And so I think, um, you know, I think it's amazing that, excuse me, that the writer reinforces that. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and petition, let your request be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. And so this morning, I want to talk about peace. And I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, it's, it's maybe a little bit abstract, um, but I, want you, to, I want, want you to hear it prophetically. Um, I want you to see what God is trying to say to us. And then uh, we're going to get Wendy and Sayaka and Hannah to um, unpack some of these truths around peace and um, peace when we have a warring mind, peace when we're waiting, peace when we're weary, peace when our souls are wondering. Um, so the, the, the thing I want to talk about today is from Genesis 1. It's a little bit abstract when we're talking about peace, but I want you to track with me. And it says this in Genesis 1, just pulling it up. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. You know, a couple of years ago, I, I've come from an event ba um, management background. And a couple of years ago, I really felt challenged by something that I had said to someone. And they had basically said to me, oh, Nat, you're so calm. You're so like relaxed and chilled. And, you know, as an event manager, that's your job is you don't run, you walk. You, if something's going wrong, you don't show it on your face. You just kind of mm. fix it. And I said to this woman almost proudly, I said, oh, yeah, it's kind of like a duck. You know, like I'm calm on the surface, but underneath those legs, they're just racing, 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 going, going, going. And I, you know, when you hear the Holy Spirit, like just like, wham you and I felt him say to me and you think that's a good thing you think that's a good thing that like on the surface you're calm yet underneath beneath the hidden that space you're racing you think that's a good thing and I was like oh my gosh no like and there's this disconnect and I think so much in in my own life where I have lacked peace is when there has been a disconnect a disconnect between what is happening on the surface and what is happening beneath. The times where I've been angsting and, you know, often it's at 3 a.m. when you wake up and you're wondering, why did I say that? Why did I do that? And why is there friction? Why is there tension? And um, we angst about these things and we're anxious about these things. And I feel like what God is wanting to say to us this morning, girls, is that, hey, 
I want the Spirit of God to hover over that darkness. I want the Spirit of God to hover over that chaos in your life where you are angsting, where there's trial. I want the Spirit of God to hover over it. And I felt like for me in that moment, it was like, okay, God, I actually need you to do the work on the hidden stuff in my life. And in Psalm 139, there's a beautiful passage and it says this, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, all the days ordained for me before they were even written. And I think about that moment. Um, and if you unpack that word hovering in, in Genesis 1, where it's, it talks about the spirit of God hovering over the darkness, over the, the, the void. He was hovering over there. That word actually means to relax. It means to rest. It means this fluttering. It's like, like effortless almost. And one of the meanings of this word is brooding. And it's a strange word because, you know, we don't, we don't use that word in our everyday life. Um, I'm brooding over something. But um, one of the meanings of that or the imagery that that represents is like a bird that's sitting on um, their nest of eggs. And so often I feel like God is resting, the Spirit of God is resting over those hidden parts of my life. And the things where I'm like, oh God, I just like, I'm, I'm angsting about this or I'm frustrated about this. And if I allow the spirit of God to hover over that and he broods, softly broods over those things. And the beautiful thing that what happens after that is together, the word of God, the spirit of God, God, the father, they speak and they speak, let there be light. And I think about the story of Jesus and um, when, he's in the when he's in the boat and the disciples, there's a storm brewing and it's dark and they're like, Jesus, don't you even care that we're, we're about to drown? We're, we're going to die here. And Jesus is asleep. He's resting. And Jesus just kind of gets up and he's like, talks to the wind, talks to the waves. It's not this place of striving. It's peace. He, it, it comes from a place of rest. And he speaks to the waves, he speaks to the wind, and he says, quiet, be still. And I say to that, um, say to us this morning, sisterhood, that Jesus is in the boat. When it feels like all hell is breaking loose, I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to say that, but when everything is topsy-turvy and crazy, Jesus is in the boat and he's saying to us, ye of little faith, don't you trust me? Don't you trust that I'm hovering over? The word of God says that um, God hovers over his word to perform it. And when God says something, when the word of God, when Jesus declares something over our lives, he will surely fulfill it. And so this morning, I actually want us to just take a moment, and we've not done this before in, our, in this context, but I really feel that um, so often at the moment, we are filling our lives noise, with clutter, with things to do, with racing and that, that racing feeling that's happening within our spirits. And I actually feel like God is saying to us, I want you to be still. I want you to rest. I want you to slow it down. I want you to fix your eyes on me. Allow the brooding of the Holy Spirit, him resting over us and trust that those hidden places, those things that he's trying to do within us, that he wants to do within us, 
is going to bring release and bring peace. So our team are going to play a beautiful um, instrumental piece from one of our amazing friends here at church. His name's David. Um, and they're going to play this. And what I want you to do, whether you are out and about walking, I want you to find a, a park bench or as you're walking, turn your face to the sun. If you are in a room right now, I want you to close your eyes. And I, I would love for the Holy Spirit just to speak to you right now, to calm your weary soul. The team are going to play this just for a moment. And I want you to think about the Holy Spirit resting and hovering what he might want to say to you this morning. Beautiful. You know, that peace is called becoming and there is a becoming that is happening when the Holy Spirit hovers over our lives, that he wants to form within us. He wants to give us peace. And um, I've, I've got a good friend who just last week, um, her husband went into hospital and she just messaged me um, today and she said, you know, Nat, I couldn't even have been anxious if I tried the peace of God rested on our family, rested on our homes in our greatest trial and in our greatest need. And it is our prayer that today that would be um, that would be true for you. So Sayaka, um, I would love for you to share a little bit about your story. Um, we talked about peace for the waiting heart. And so I know for you, your story um, has got some of that within it. So would you mind sharing with the girls this morning? I'd love to. Um, so my story is, <clears throat> is that I got married in 2002 um, and we wanted to be, become parents right away. <clears throat> but I guess it was actually a real battle and long wait um, till that miracle came to pass. And uh, we 
had almost 12 years of actively pursuing um, infertility treatment, uh, which meant many cycles of IVF. And um, during the course of treatment, I got pregnant once um, and which was ended up uh, being ectopic pregnancy. So I had to terminate that and also had to have a surgery to remove um, endometriosis. So it was a, a real long battle. Um, and uh, the Israel mountain prayer um, in color 2017, possible we prayed for many women to be pregnant, to have child. And that year in July, I got miraculously um, pregnant and um, I, we had uh, baby Emma the following year and uh, the following year in 2019, we came back to Japan to plant Hillsong Tokyo. Beautiful. Um, so Yaka, tell us about um, a little bit about that piece in the waiting, what that piece was like for you um, in terms of, you know, you're, you've been waiting for such a long time and there's disappointment there. And I, I, I mean, I think we would all understand what that's like, that, that sense of like, oh gosh, like I thought, I thought you were there with me. Tell us um, something from that season um, where peace really framed um, how you thought about things and really helped you in that waiting season. Yeah, definitely. So in that 12 years, there are so many things that happened and so many heartaches and so many disappointments and, um, you know, um, cycle after cycle, it wasn't successful. And I guess my heart was filled with um, disappointment and bitterness at times. And there are times I couldn't open the Bible and so on. So if I said peace as a feeling, um, you know, that sense of like relaxed and, and you know, um, uh, calm aside from Christ. Um, I don't think, you know, I um, had that, um, but like I had to keep coming back to Jesus. So like Romans 10, 11 was the life verse for me during this season, this long season, which says whoever believes in him, whoever adheres to, trusts in and relies on him will not be disappointed in his expectations. So I had to go back to the verse over and over in my confusion, in my disappointment, in my um, just weariness of trying this so hard and not seeing anything, um, you know, I had to remind myself, okay, I trust in Jesus and he's never going to fail me. He's never going to disappoint me. As long as my hope is in him, I'll never be put to shame. And there's so many things, Nat, that I've learned along those years. And um, I guess, you know, this verse talks about God's faithfulness. And I think I've learned that even though there are so many um, disappointments, um, I knew that God promised this and he is going to hold it. And no matter what happens, no matter what the doctor says, because infertility treatment is all about, you know, them telling you, okay, by this age, your chance of being, um, you know, pregnant is this percent. And so you have to do this. And by this age, you know, you almost have no 
no um, chance of being pregnant. And, you know, you're always fighting against numbers and always fighting against stats. And but I've experienced so I got pregnant as a uh, 42 year old and um, against all odds, against all stats, you know, God, when he promises something, I know that um, it doesn't come with an expiry date. It may not happen at the timing that you want or you wished, or maybe it doesn't come in a way that you, you want it to come. But I know that God is faithful. Those who trust in him will never be disappointed. So I had to come back to that. And also I've learned um, during this journey that I had to keep a soft heart um, because it was so easy for me because it didn't um, make sense that, you know, I would have disappointments after disappointments. You know, I had to wait this long to have this promise fulfilled. And you would think, you know, if God is mighty, if he can do all things, if no mountain was big for him, he can do this in a second. He can make me pregnant in a second. But how come it's not happening? Um, and I had questions, doubts and confusions. And, you know, um, I let at some point um, get my heart really calloused, really hardened. And I was thinking, you know, oh, you know, maybe God doesn't want me to be pregnant. And I was, you know, feeling like that. But I had to again come back to God and Jesus and know that, know everything that I preached about him. I believed and talked to people about him um, to be true. And I had to practice that. I had to live that out, right? So, um, and living with bitterness towards God was so much harder than actually being infertile. So um, I know that I have to come to him. And John 16, 33 says, Jesus says, in me, you will have peace. In me, you will have peace. So I know that I had to go back to Jesus and I had to make myself make a choice. It's not a feeling. I have to come, keep going back to him, whether that means to open the Bible, whether that means calling a friend and praying with me, whether um, that means forcing myself to go to connect group so that people will speak faith over me. And I had to, uh, or whether that means, you know, um, come to sisterhood and letting sisters come alongside you and believe your destiny, you know? Um, so I had to do that and I had to come back to Jesus. And because in Jesus, he says, in me, you will have peace. Anywhere yeah. else, we won't find that peace. But in him, we will find that peace. So I guess that's how I made it through the 12 years and God granted me our heart's desires. Love it. Yeah. Peace, not as the world gives. Hey, beautiful. Thank you, Sayaka, for sharing. Wendy, talk to us a little bit. I mean, Wendy here is like such a prayer warrior um, and we talked a bit, a bit about peace for the warring mind and um, some of the things that you've done is, um, in your journey. You're faithful. You've lived, been a Christian for a very long time. Um, talk to us a little bit about some of the practical things that have, um, have helped you with peace. Mm. Thanks, Nadi. Well, actually, you know, when you talked about or, you know, told me to, you wanted me to speak about peace for the warring heart, you know, what I remembered was that, you know, sometimes we have to contend for that peace, yeah. that, you know, there are times when the Holy Spirit comes and it was so beautiful what you were saying that the Holy Spirit just comes and literally envelops us. But there are times when we have to contend. 
And, um, you know, when I first got saved, I had a, a really a radical salvation up in the, you know, counterculture land of Byron Bay, Mullumbimby, you know, <laughs> had an incredible encounter with Jesus where I had lived with depression for right through my teenage years. Like I had, I hadn't known anything except depression and I'd spent a long, you know, a lot of my time self-medicating along the way and basically my life was pretty messy. And that night I got saved, I literally, I mean, I just had this encounter with Jesus where I, after I'd had that encounter, I, I got up, walked out of my little caravan that I was living in at the time, and I just felt free of that depression. It literally lifted off me. But, you know, I thought back, I've thought back to that many times, but it was like at that moment I entered the kingdom of God, you know, and the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I experienced peace like I'd never experienced it. And I kind of just felt like that was that was the way it always was going to be, you know. And then down the track, four years later, I had my first beautiful child. And afterwards, after I gave birth, well, actually, as soon as my waters broke, I just was plunged into this anxiety. And I didn't know it was postnatal depression. I had no idea. I'd never, no one had ever really talked about it. It wasn't something that people said could be a possibility. And I just lived with this like um, grouping anxiety. And the worst thing was I thought that that was who I'd become. And I'd been working at church and, you know, had kind of obviously left work to be at home to have a baby. And I remember one day just feeling absolutely just desolate and really kind of, I don't know if I can cope. And I called the church and this beautiful pastoral care lady called Judith, um, what was their names? Um, Judith Mondell. And she was gorgeous. She was like in her, I thought she was old, like she was in her 60s, hilarious. I was in my 20s. And she came over and she just said to me, she said, darling, if you want the Holy Spirit to work in your life, you need to give him some ammunition. And, you know, I hadn't been able to pray. I hadn't been able to read the word. And anyway, when I, when I was 21, my friends gave me this set of gospel of the Bible on tape and it was New, New Living Translation or something and it was animated and when Jesus cast the herd of pigs, you know, whatever. <laughs> they were squealing as they went over the cliff. That's all I can remember. But but I started to play those tapes and it was like the word was just starting to bring me out. Wow. And I came through that, like literally just with the word of God bringing peace. And I couldn't believe it. I kind of looked back and was like, I couldn't believe who I'd become. But then I, I was so grateful that I'd come back to who I actually was, you know, it was, and it was a really, but it was a really kind of instructive time for me because I realised that, you know, there are times when we actually have to be, we have to contend for peace, you know, we actually have to fight, we have to pick up the sword of the spirit, you know, and it says here, um, you know, when it talks about the armour of God and it says, take the helmet of salvation, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And I learned to wield that sword. I tell you what, I just, I, I'd always loved the word and I'd, I'd always spent a lot of time in the word, you know, and, and it was just in that season that I just felt really disabled in a sense from accessing it. Um, but then 
after that, you know, just I just I just love the word. And I remember one night, years later, I was woken up in the middle of the night and I was um, not even really fully awake, but it was just like this this massive dark blanket of fear was just hovering over me. Like it was literally, it looked like it was about to kind of envelop me. And the most random scripture came to me and I, was, I wasn't even really awake. It was so weird. But this scripture from Song of Songs, and it's if you want a reference, it's Song of Songs, chapter 3, verse 8, and it says, every man has his sword on his thigh because of fear in the night. And in my half-wake, half-sleep, I'm like, sword, thigh, fear, night. Oh. And I just I sort of started going like this to pull the sword off my thigh. And then I just started quoting all that. And this is all quiet. I wasn't like going ballistic or anything because Peter was asleep next to me and I started quoting all these pictures pic, um, oh that's right and the fear was actually of cancer and it was going to envelop me anyway I started quoting all these healing scriptures you know the Lord your God will put on you none of the diseases he put on the Egyptians I'm the Lord who heals you and it was just like this it was crazy and the thing just lifted like just literally broke and left amazing kind of thinking, what was that all about? And two weeks later, I actually found a lump in my breast. And it was like God had preempted that moment. And when I found it, I was just like, you know what? This is going to be okay. And I went to the pre-op. I had to have surgery, you know, so it could be removed and tested and everything. Went to the pre-op and the guy was like, so how are you feeling? I'm like, fine. Great. And he's going, no, 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 tell me, how are you feeling? And I'm like, actually, I feel really good, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, the surgery happened. It was all fine. Um, I was in hospital, in the same hospital ward as a beautiful girl from our church. We kind of looked up and saw each other. We're like, oh, <laughs> this is nice. Um, but it was just amazing how God actually preempted that and gave me peace before that situation happened, you know. Yeah. And, and I just... Honestly, like even what you were saying, Sayaka, you were actually going back to the word of God to help you through that season. It was like you were using the, the word of God as the sword of the spirit because you were using it as a like a an offensive weapon to actually bring you through. And honestly, I just think, you know, the more that we have the word of God stored up, the more we can actually step into that peace because, you know, it's like, God wants to speak to us and God wants to reassure us. But even the scripture that you shared at the beginning, Matt, where you were like, it was that Philippians 4, um, I'd like to read it in the um, amplified version just for you, Bobby, because I know you love it. Um, but it says, don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And this is the part I want to read. And God's peace shall be yours. That peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And, you know, I've looked up the word garrison and it's actually a body of troops stationed in a, in a fort or a fortified town to defend it against an enemy. And so it's like when we pray, God actually gives us his peace, not our peace. He gives us his peace, but it's actually garrisoned. It's protected. It's defended. Again, it's like there's that kind of um, war kind of um, picture, if you like, 
where God is actually doing it. He's protecting that peace that he's given us. All we have to do is pray. And I know that sounds like all we have to do is pray, yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually all we have to do is pray and his promise is that he will give us his peace, which is garrisoned, fortified, and it's there to defend it again. And that garrison is there to defend it against the enemy. And Amazing. I just unassailable, indefensible, amen. Indefensible, is that the right word? Um, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean. You're the best, Wendy. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. And, you know, I mean, that's obvious from life well lived and, um, you know, digging into the word of God and it being your strength and your sword. Hannah, we're, we've got a few minutes left, um, but share with us about, um, you know, you're a worship leader and, you know, you you are one of the greatest disciples of people that I know. Um, talk to us a little bit about your experience and peace and um, weariness perhaps or, you know, whatever you want to share. Sure. Okay. Thanks, Nat. Um, well, I guess this whole uh, idea of peace for the weary heart, as soon as you kind of put that idea forward to me, I was like, okay, I, I think I have an idea of what I could encourage people with today. Um, and so I'm just going to jump into it. I, For me personally, when I am in the presence of God, and I mean like when I'm having a moment with him and truly putting everything else aside and seeking God. Um, for me, when I hear the voice of God, it's not necessarily like an audible voice or specifically in words, but he'll like impress something on my heart. And often in those moments with him, um, I'll hear him say or impress on my heart things like, you know, I've called you to live in higher places, um, wide, expansive territory, like places where the, and this is me trying to, you know, articulate it, but where the air is clean and where your burden is light. Um, and it's funny because, you know, um, I, I get entertained at the thought of how opinionated as people we can become when we're not the people in the firing line. So my husband and I often joke about how over the years we've read the Bible um, from the perspective of like a little bit of judgment, like a bit judgy towards certain characters in the Bible. Like, so for example, um, if you think about Moses and the Israelites, you know, those, those people are the people who walked through the sea with dry ground under their feet. And they are the same people that got lost in the wilderness and worshipped other gods and didn't obey him and didn't do the simple things. And Jared and I laughed talking about it going, it's so easy to read a story and a scripture from the perspective of, I can't believe they didn't get it. Like, it's so simple. Why didn't they just obey? Like, why didn't they just listen and obey? Why did they have to build the gold idol thing? Like, they could have just been obedient. It's so simple. Like, as an observer, it's really easy to have that um, opinion and perspective that, it was so easy and I can't believe they missed it. But I think if we're truly honest, um, you know, we have to have enough humility to recognize that we are not meant to just identify as the hero in every story, but perhaps we are like them. We are like them too. And um, I, I laugh about this, but I think, 
you know, an opinionated person would be like, oh, cool, that whole lost in the wilderness thing could have been like a mini series as opposed to like the Old Testament equivalent of the young and the restless, um, <laughs> which I Googled and found out it has it's in its 47th season. So I don't know if you want to write that down, but 47 seasons, the young and the restless. Anyway, nobody cares. Um, but I think when we're in um, true honesty before God, we can identify with the people who are missing the mark in the Bible stories that we read and are inspired by. I think like we are a lot like the Israelites. We know it's simple. We know we just need to trust and obey. We know we need to have faith and worship God. Um, so to come back to the original thought, like when my heart is weary, when my heart is weariest, it's weary because I have drifted far from him. Yeah. Um, whether I'm immersed in some kind of worry or fear, um, I just notice that there are certain symptoms in my heart and in my mind that develop when I have drifted and I'm distant from God. And I think about weariness, it's like weariness of heart. It doesn't just hit. It's not necessarily a suddenly. Um, often the word that precedes weary is grow, like we grow weary. So it's not necessarily that if I kind of, you know, don't seek him today that I would notice the difference. But 50 days in, 100 days in, 200 days in, suddenly then we realize that we have grown weary. Um, and so the scripture I wanted to just encourage you with today is um, Isaiah 40. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow weary or tired and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And so the one thing I wanted to say to everyone and just encourage you with today, which is funny because it's kind of the same thing that Sayaka and Wendy have said, but it is truly a choice. It's a choice to interrupt the state of heart that we're in, interrupt our thinking and choose to worship God. It's a gear shift. And sometimes we have to abruptly interrupt our comfort zone, kind of like when you know you need to go for a run, but you're so comfortable on the couch and you have to pull yourself out of that state. It's a choice and a decision, I think, to worship and lift our eyes. And I think even as a worship leader, often we say to our church, you know, will you lift up your hands and there's nothing magical about it. It's truly because it shifts us. It shifts the state of our heart. We start to look up. We follow our hands and look up. And um, it interrupts the atmosphere of our heart and our life. And so if nothing else today, I, I guess I just wanted to encourage you when it comes to having a weary heart. It's so simple, but it really is a choice, a choice to lift up the name of Jesus, to put yourself in the kind of places um, where you can be with him and be in his presence. And so, yeah, it's no, there's no condemnation, but I want to encourage everyone today. You can do it. We can all do it. We can all choose and decide. And like the girls have said, to be people who know how to switch into that atmosphere of faith in our lives and lift our eyes to him. And so, yeah, that's my encouragement today. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Hannah.
We are out of time now, but before we head off, I know there's going to be breakout rooms with Zooms and, um, you know, in the services as well, the girls are going to finish off. But I would love to pray for us before we go and really extend an invitation. Um, The Bible says that Jesus, he is the ultimate Prince of Peace. He is the the one the girls have shared about how, how beautifully Jesus, we can't actually have peace. We've got a peace-shaped hole in our hearts and the only um, person that can feel that is Jesus. And so I'd love to pray for us as we finish up. So Father, I just thank you for your women, girls that are hungering and thirsting after you. And if there's any girl here that um, is new to Christianity, new to the faith, um, may you prompt them with your peace right now. The question to ask is, if there's more of you, God, would you show me? And I know that right now you are going to show and reveal yourself to your girls. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, girls, we're finishing up now. I wanted to point you to, and I think on the chat um, it's going to come up, a link to a peace devotional that we did um, through Colour Sisterhood. It's amazing. There's so much great stuff on um, the Colour Sisterhood website. It's called Blessed Are the Peacemakers. Um, And I would maybe encourage us, Cass gave us homework last week. So maybe our homework for this week is to dive into that five-day devotional about being peacemakers um, and um, that we would... Be those kind of women this week in Jesus' name. So be blessed. We love you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.